Welcome to Board Game Binge. The place where we bring you bite-sized, bingeable board game content across the industry. I'm your host, James Staley, and in this episode, we're chatting with Andrew Lowen, CEO of Lowen Games and founder of Next Level Web, a digital marketing agency. He's also the host of the Crowdfunding Nerds podcast. Andrew, welcome to The Binge. How you doing? What's going on? I'm, I'm great and excited to be here, James. Oh, it's great to have you, man. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on the podcast. Uh, we got a lot to cover. Uh, what got us into this was uh, there's this cool tool that you guys have come up with. We're going to talk about it in a bit. Uh, man, when I took a look at this and pieced my eyes on it, I thought, wow, about time somebody's actually come up with something like this. So I think a lot of people are going to benefit from it. But before we get there, let's get into the path. Like, how did you come? Like, how did you get into this industry in the first place? Like, you're an agency, but you're doing gaming. Like, how does this all come about? Yeah, so I, I've run my digital marketing agency for about 12 years. Uh, it's called Next Level Web. We used to be California Web Options back in the day and oh, cool. rebranded to uh, Next Level Web in like 2015. And now Crowdfunding Nerds is a, a brand that we're running with. And it's it's been a lot of fun, but same people kind of behind all those all those names. And um, I got into the industry. So I actually quit playing video games cold turkey back in like 2015 and i had to find some sort of outlet for my nerdness if that's a word uh and i i landed on board games i played hardcore i was hardcore into magic the gathering and pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh and and you know a lot of ccgs back before then but i took a serious look at board games after and uh i it wasn't long before i started designing my own so I have actually, I'm, I'm in the middle of wrapping up a, a fairly decent sized Kickstarter called Deliverance or for a board game called Deliverance. And that's been a, a big, uh, I guess, a very expensive and fun hobby um, for me. <laughs> and uh, we, I want to say about two and a half years ago in the marketing agency side, a year and a half before we went to Kickstarter with Deliverance, I kind of found this, this in with a friend who needed help marketing his board game that was going to Kickstarter. Um, and I just said, hey, you know, it was a, a buddy, his name's Eric. Uh, his company is um, Sky Kingdom Games. Mm. The, the uh, project was called the Isoferian Guard. And he told me, look, I've got my, you know, I, I just, he has a lot riding on this, you know, is what he told me. And he said his break even point was something like $85,000. He doesn't make 85 grand. And that wasn't his funding goal. It was, it was kind of the break even where he pays for the art and, yeah. you know, hopefully the manufacturing and whatnot. And this was before shipping went nuts. So um, we helped him raise $260,000. And uh, that was our first campaign that we ever ran as a marketing company. And um, other people started asking me for, you know, for help with their campaigns. And we, you know, I, it was just me by myself with, uh, yeah. I have my, my, I'll say like the service business side of the, of our company, which does like plumbers and, you know, solar companies and sure. things like that for marketing. Yeah. But um, our board game side, actually our crowdfunding side, we've done 85 projects now. Um, most of those people are first time creators and we have an extremely high success rate of not only getting campaigns funded, but, but overfunded. Um, we always have a couple of projects live. Um, the, the latest one we launched was Robomon by, um, 
Barrett Publishing or, you know, Gabe Barrett of the Board Game Design Lab. And sure. uh, so that's been a lot of fun. But um, but yeah, so we're we're all over crowdfunding now and just it's it's extremely fun. I have a staff now of six and, you know, half of those people work exclusively on crowdfunding stuff. And uh, I'm um, I just put my hands everywhere. I should probably slow down. <laughs> I guess so. Well, on deliverance, and I just want to say, so this game uh, I've got on the screen here, um, you did like three hundred some odd thousand on that game as well, I believe, wasn't it? Yep. Um, was it, so the, the deliverance came after you did your friend's game first, and then you did deliverance. Is that how that order worked? Yes. Well, uh, we probably got through forty campaigns before we did deliverance. Yeah, because deliverance is just last year you did this, right? Yeah. So okay. um, we've now raised probably well beyond $15 million for, for different, you know, for all the, all our board game campaigns. Yeah. Uh, Deliverance is one of them. And it was cool because it was like, well, you know, I'm doing this anyway. Um, uh, with Deliverance, we took a little bit of a different, um, I had a different take um, and we can get into this later, but like we were kind of talking off air before we started about, you know, what are my criteria for uh, a- a taking on projects and whatnot. And yeah. Um, for deliverance, it was a very different theme, one that had never been really tackled in the way that I was doing it. It's a Christian dungeon crawl board game. It's okay. like a Christian fantasy dungeon crawl board game. And most of the time people, when they hear that, they're like, ah, oh, that's a slightly less decent version of an already existing dungeon crawl, because that's what Christian games are. They're just rethemes of existing products, you know? Yeah. And this thing is entirely different and entirely new. Oh, and by the way, they're very preachy. So, you know, it's like expect to, uh, you know, not have that much fun. Right. That's, that's kind of the, the, when you say Christian game of any kind. Yeah. Did you create like, so deliverance, was that your design like right from scratch all the way through? Yep. That's right. So when did you start the design on that? When was, when did you first say, okay, I got this idea for this dungeon crawler. Yeah. And and like, when did that process kind of start like with prototyping and so forth? Well, uh, so back in 2016, I kind of, uh, summer of 2016, I had this idea and it kind of came from uh, so I was I was I read the Bible. There was this particular um, point in this book, uh, Daniel, yeah. in the Old Testament, where it talks about Gabriel. The the you know, hey Mary, you got baby Jesus. That Gabriel, the angel, said, uh, "I came to you with this message and uh, to this prophet Daniel, but the prince of Persia withstood me for twenty one days, and so I was delayed." In delivering this message and it's like mm-hmm. he's like the messenger of god right and right the prince of persia is this high level demon how did that guy get stopped by a demon for three weeks and um i just kind of got my mind you know uh going and i was like well what what happened did they did they argue was it like <laughs> you know what what did they do and yeah. i just it just kind of spiraled all out from there so um yeah so you're playing angels slaying demons uh, and at the same time, you kind of have to protect saints, which are in the physical realm around you. They're sure. they're kind of drawn to you, and it's your standing order as a as a guardian angel to protect them. So, um, but yeah, it's it's good, and it's very um, innovative and original as far as the, the mechanisms and whatnot. And it doesn't apologize for anything. It's uh, kind of makes everybody mad in in some way. But um, it's a a very cool game. Uh, and back to what I was saying earlier about. Yeah. I really felt like this, if it was going to be good, if people wanted it, I, I, I needed people to jump on board, you know, jump on the email list and that kind of thing without paying for ads. I thought if, if the market doesn't want this, 
then I'm not going to be able to build an email list. And I was actually able to build an email list of about 1100 people without putting a penny into marketing. Um, and right. (laughs) That's the magical question. (laughs) Um, try hard and, uh, don't give up. I don't know. Uh, but there, I actually went, um, I did a couple of podcasts on, so we do our crowdfunding nerds podcast. I kind of talked about how I marketed deliverance organically. Also very interestingly, when I was going through it, I did a several podcasts with Gabe Barrett of the board game design lab, who has now kind of retired his podcast. He's not doing any new episodes, but if you look, there's like December, 2019, I think I did a two-part podcast episode of what I was doing organically. And then um, of course, 2020, I think I came back and did another one that was related to paid advertising, or maybe it was 2021 right after we funded. It was like, Mm -hmm. this is what I did. So if you want to catch the, like me while I'm in and working before I knew if it would work or not, those are great podcasts to go find in uh, the board game design lab. My, I did a couple of them. So when you have a, uh, like a theme, right? So this is, you know, obviously very thematic when you're getting into, you know, Christian based, uh, a game and theme in this case, you know, the natural tendency, I think for game developers of, of, of any games. And an example I would give would be Nutty Squirrels of the Oakwood Forest. So one of our titles, right. Um, where it seemed like the natural tendency is, okay, I need to go and hyper-focus on people that really like the subject matter, the theme per se, versus mm-hmm. even the game. So we went hard after going um, to reach out to people who are squirrel enthusiasts and so forth. It Was that approach for you as well? Or was it more focused on the game? And then let's see how many people kind of come in that can maybe relate to the subject matter or find interest in the subject matter. Yeah, you know, it's it's. Um, I will say that on Kickstarter, Games with heavier themes tend to do better. Mm. Uh, if you have a dragon on your cover, even better. Um, but you know, it's one of those things that Kickstarter in particular, you really have to stand out from what is available on a retail shelf. You've yeah. got a lot of Euro games. Uh, somebody asked me the other day, would Azul do very well on Kickstarter? And I said, I don't even know if it would fund, honestly. Yeah. Um, it's just not the type of game that somebody would need to buy on Kickstarter when they could just go to like their local game store and you've got, you know, 50 abstract, awesome games that have all won spiel or been nominated or, you know, gotten close. And um, so there's just such variety available. And so when you go to Kickstarter or any kind of crowdfunding, you really need to have something unique and theme is really one of the areas that you can stand out. And um, you know, you've got, you know, ginormous dungeon crawl type, experiences like Tainted Grail, which there is no way that you would be able to buy that on a retail shelf for less than 500 bucks. Um, and, you know, so some people stand out that way. Other people, you know, that that theme, it can be a driver, but most often the mechanisms or the, the weight of the game and, you know, that kind of thing, it can all, you know, what people will, will ask is, does this have a place on my shelf or do I have something that does this already? Yeah one of the most common questions that that you'll have to answer is in in crowdfunding in terms of advertising though do you read so you've got kind of the venn diagram of like enthusiasts or people that would kind of focus on the theme that aren't necessarily gamers and then uh people who know about kickstarter and then you're trying to get the intersection of both right yep from my experience it seems that you should focus on the one circle (laughs) Mm -hmm. kickstarter specifically and you're 
you're typically going to pull in people. So people who are already in that ecosystem are the ones that are going to gravitate towards the theme you've created because they also seem to like that theme. Mm -hmm. If I use the squirrels as an example, yeah. I spent a lot of time and some money going after squirrel enthusiasts, but the learning curve was so high to get yep. them to understand what Kickstarter is and then the idea of, okay, this is now in a board game that although they may be predisposed to like it because there's squirrels on the box, mm -hmm. The cost to acquire those people and educate them is so much higher than just saying, okay, I'm going to try to find the squirrel enthusiasts who are right. already within the Kickstarter ecosystem. Now, I'm not sure if that's the same for like, it's very you know, true. a Christian-based game, but like, what was it from your experience? Yeah. Um, one th uh, example that kind of comes fresh is, is McDonald's. Their advertising budget is $2 billion a year. At least the, you know, last I read and whatnot, $2 yeah. billion a year to get a customer to walk in the very first time costs them $42 and that's to buy a $5, you know, Big Mac or whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, to get that same customer to return costs $3 and to get that customer to return again costs like 20 cents. Yeah. And so they, you know, they are obviously building from the time that you're little, you get your first set of chicken nuggets, you know, that's your, you know, that was that $42 expense yeah. um, in board games. It's much the same where, if you have somebody that's interested in board games, that's almost a requirement for us. When we market, we're always going after people that like that have played board games or that are used to backing board games on Kickstarter. So Kickstarter yeah. and board games are really important interests. Um, we uh, love to get more kind of specifics uh, when we can. Um, I call them, um, well, uh, I'll just use examples. I've got sure. uh, one game that we marketed called Fallen Land. It's like a post-apocalyptic, um, uh, you know, game and it's like a hardcore, um, like it's like a six hour game, you know? And so we were able to target people that were interested in Kickstarter, board games and post-apocalyptic as a theme. We target things like Resident Evil, Mad Max, you know, all, all of that. And there are about, you know, uh, one and a half million people in the U.S. that are interested in all of those very specific things. Yeah. And we earned, you know, email subscribers for like 50 cents to a dollar per subscriber because it was so particular. And it's nice for, for them because there are a lot of people like that. Now, we also marketed a game called Reckless Sloths, which is, if you know Sindri Ingelson, it's he's, he's an awesome dude. And um, he was like, all right, how, you know, I want you to target people in Iceland that are sloth lovers that are board gamers and Kickstarter backers. It's like, all right, there are 380 of you. So that's not very many, right? But yeah. it's so specific. So the people, I'm sure that every single Icelandic sloth f fanatic that backed Kickstarter board games ba also backed this one, right? Yeah. But um, the well is not very deep, <laughs> you know? And so you really have to find another way. And so, um, you know, using reckless sloths as an example, it's a silly game. So you can kind of use that as the, the hook, you know, like the, what, what makes it interesting in, in an ad. It's not that you're a sloth fanatic, but it's that it's funny. It's sloths mm -hmm. being silly and, you know, a, an interesting type of game. So there are a lot of different ways to, I'll, I'll, I'll use, uh, maybe it's a negative term, but a lot of ways to spin, um, your theme or the elements of your game that become interesting to people. And you'll attract some people because of the, you know, the squirrels subject matter yep. and then others because it's light and entertaining and others because it's simply colorful and beautiful. Um, and, uh, you know, 
the others because it's very hardcore mathy strategy or something like yeah. that, you know? So the, I do have somebody in the lobby has got a question. They said, based on, uh, I guess your experience, how many people were veteran Kickstarter users versus new where deliverance was their first game? Mm-hmm. So I guess they're trying to find out is what deliverance, yeah. how many people in, or you might not even have the facts around that, but um, how many of those backers were people within that ecosystem versus people you would, you'd pull in from the outside? Yeah. So actually um, everyone that I marketed to was a Kickstarter backer mm. veteran. I call them alphas. The um, again, maybe another negative term because you don't want to be the alpha gamer, sure. you know, uh, in, in your, in your group um, or the quarterback. Right. But um, the Kickstarter backer that, you know, loves, whatever game, you know, really gets them, they talk about it Mm -hmm. and they talk to their circle in a way that you could never, right. There are people that are just not on Facebook. And so the goal is to get people and, and really warm them up and make them rabid fans so that they talk to others. And so everyone that I marketed to was into Kickstarter and board games and were veterans. And those people um, it was my my goal to get them to do all the work for the people, like you sure. said, that, that are really hard to ramp up. So uh, biggercake.com is something that used to exist that doesn't anymore. What happened? And I know, right? I went to use it in my um, last campaign. It's like gone. Like the is. page is like a 404 error. This doesn't exist. It's messed up, you know? Um, but I, yeah, so <laughs> I, I think um, we had anywhere from, it was between 15 and 18% of yeah. our Kickstarter campaign were new that had never backed a Kickstarter project before. And from my experience, that number is pretty high. Um, You look at a game that was very, uh, well, we we kind of competed with The Witcher. When Mm. The Witcher was on Kickstarter, they had a 4% or 6%, uh, like somewhere, but somewhere around there, new Kickstarter backers. So there are certain games, you know, uh, you look at uh, most of the... um, the company that uh, they did Tainted Grail and that runs Game Found, Awaken Realms. Um, a lot of their people are hardcore Kickstarter backers that yeah. you know that that that's like where they spend their money, right? And so I think Deliverance had a, a a wide appeal that was kind of beyond. But I still would only recommend targeting people that are hardcore, like Kickstarter plus board games plus whatever, you know, specific interest. With uh, crowdfunding nerds, so it's just there's no confusion for people out there. So Next Level Web is kind of the core agency. And is crowdfunding nerds almost like a rebranded like subdivision of that? Or is the whole company going to become crowdfunding yeah. nerds? Or how is that structured? So um, Next Level Web is our marketing agency. And that had always been, yeah. you know, the, the name. But it doesn't really say, you know, like board game nerd, you know, crowdfunding stuff and, and whatnot. And so I, you know, we really wanted to um, kind of find a new brand that we could use that would just make more sense for that because it has become almost half of our business. And um, so we became the crowdfunding nerds because it was available for $10. Uh, Crowdfunding ninjas was like, you know, $10,000. If you want to buy that domain name, crowdfunding nerds was 10 bucks. It's like, all right, we got our name. Um, And so, and it just made so much sense, you know? And so- we first thing we did, we started a podcast. We just wanted people to be armed with information. Um, one of the things just being in marketing, I'm frustrated by constantly by um, people that are burned in uh, from marketing yeah. companies and not even on the crowdfunding side, on the other side with uh, service businesses, 
most of my clients have been burned anywhere from two to five times by marketing companies yeah. that have promised big things that maybe were they were the family friend and they just couldn't do it. Or, you know, they paid lots of money and were left holding an empty bag or, you know, what, whatever it was. And so a lot of the time these people are wounded and on the crowdfunding side, it's, it's different where somebody that is coming to Kickstarter with their very first game, it is like their passion project. They have saved money so that they can do this. They work a job and they're scraping money together and they have, you know, they come to me and they say, I've got a budget of $5,000 to do the entire thing. And I'm trying to figure out how to use it wisely. Um, you know, are you guys able to work with me and you know, that kind of thing. So and when I, so, when I look yeah. at like, so there's a couple of things I want to peel apart there. One is, is I think that there is such a demand right now for people looking for help, right. Mm-hmm. With, with this part specifically, the uh, social media amplification, building the audience, like there's, there's more demand out there than there is supply. Right. Yep. Uh, that's just a fact. So I think it's cool. That you guys came out with your podcast and, and you're hyper-focused on this. And if people want to check it out, go to crowdfundingnerds.com. in there. Not only can you listen to all the podcast episodes, which you can also get through Apple. I mean, I, I subscribe through Apple myself, but if people want to watch it web-based, they can do it there. Also on that site, what I think is really cool is you have these articles that you've also posted, which are free, right? Mm-hmm. Here's some free info to help you as a person yep. doing your Kickstarter. Here's some tools you can use to help you, you know, get better at, at your funding, even right. if they use you or not. And I think that's- yeah, And we, that's, we don't hold anything back. You know, the, one yeah. of the main things I think of is uh, there are people that won't be able to afford us, but if they have a good Kickstarter, the next Kickstarter, maybe they can bring us in. Um, yeah. And, or, you know, the third one or fourth one down the line. And if we just end up being a source of free help, then that is awesome. I, I just, you know, I, there's enough, as you mentioned earlier, there's enough work um, for, for everybody. And so yeah. I think by, I, you know, when, when people kind of join that crowdfunding nerds podcast, what they hear is what's working right now yeah. and what's working now. If you listen to like my more recent Facebook ad stuff versus the Facebook ad stuff I was talking about, you know, 50 episodes ago or 60 episodes ago, um, it's different. So changed. Yeah. yeah, because yeah. So it's all about what's working now. And, uh, uh so we just, we just hold nothing back. Can you walk yeah. us through your model? So like, so, so somebody, they say they want to hire you guys and they say, gosh, yeah. you know, I, this sounds amazing. I love the podcast. You know, I, you know, I'm, I'm launching a Kickstarter and I need some help. How do they approach you? And what does that, what would they expect for your model? Like, what's the model that you come back to and say, guys, you know, this yeah. is kind of how we're structured and maybe mm-hmm. it's for you, maybe it's for not, but can you, can you kind of walk us through that? Sure. So uh, we don't do any long-term contracts. It's very, it's month to month and we charge flat fees mm-hmm. uh, that are mostly flat uh, asterisk. Um, you know, if you're, if you're having to spend 20 bucks a day versus, you know, 500 bucks a day, the, the fee goes up um, based on the, the ad spend percentage. Sure. Because, you know, if you're spending whatever, $50,000 in a month, there's more attention that needs to be paid. Right. But, you know, for the most part, people spend under a hundred bucks a day. So uh, it's flat fee all the way up to that. So we charge a setup fee, which is uh, we include a landing page and all of the structuring and the development of the ads and everything like that. It's a thousand dollars. And then we have a $599 a month uh, fee that we charge for managing ads on it, you know, for, for a month. Um, and if we produce great results, you know, your, your ad spend, you'll be able to see the numbers. How much does it cost me to get an email subscriber and, you know, that is kind of what we base our, all of our metrics on. Mm. Uh, we know that 
So we aim for 10% of the people that go to the landing page should, should subscribe to your email list or mm. higher. Um, and then we estimate that anywhere from 10 to 30% of those people that subscribe to your email list are going to back your campaign on day one. Yeah. Um, and so our model is built on this and we've had, uh, you know, we're approaching or maybe just past about 85 campaigns, but let's just make it a hundred to keep the numbers even. Sure. Um, we've worked with about in a hundred campaigns. If it were a hundred, we, we'd have worked out with about 75 first time creators mm. and 25 that have had at least one project before. Um, and our rate of success for a first-time creator, we have only had one project fail to fund. Um, wow. Most of our projects fund on the first day. Um, over 90% of our projects fund on the first day. Sure. Uh, that's very important because if you fund on the first day, then your your advertising will work post campaign. The you know that's your board game geek ads, your you know people that find you through reviewers, people that find you through Facebook ads people that find you through referrals from friends, all of that will work if your campaign is funded. So if somebody says, hey, I have $5,000, I will tell them to put every penny of that into their pre-launch, um, you know, which is very important. That first day will determine the, the trajectory of your campaign. If you fund on the first day, you're likely to fund between three and 500% of your goal. If hmm. Assuming it was a reasonable goal that required between three and 500 backers, that's where you'll typically land. Uh, Deliverance did 800%. Uh, we've had others do a lot higher. You know, we did Skyrim on GameFound, which did yeah. like 1.8 million or something. Um, but yeah, for, for like the normal first time creator, those are kind of all of our benchmarks. And so you want to, um, you know, the cost per click and CPM and all of the other nerdy stuff, we'll worry about that. But the numbers that matter to you are, it costs you $2 per email you're going to have at least 10% of those convert. So it costs you 20 bucks a pledge um, yeah. and potentially higher. You know, we've, we did uh Rurik stone and blade and uh, you know, as, as an example veteran, but 30.4% of the people that we added to their email list um, backed the game and wow. they backed the game at $84 on average. Um, whereas the, the average backer for that campaign was $70. So the, the people that we brought in were new and they spent more and, so whenever we do, we have all our numbers, we figured out, you know, um, we did this Kickstarter success calculator that, that you can, that you can use to kind of figure out how many backers you bring, you know, what, what, how many backers do you need in order to fund and that kind of thing. And that's all based upon data that we've been able to, to measure. Um, we aim if, if you need a hundred backers, uh, to fund, to keep, again, keep it simple, a hundred backers to fund. Your job is to bring in 60 of them because if you bring 60, Kickstarter will bring 40 more. Um, mm. So every six backers you bring, Kickstarter is going to bring in four. Um, and th you know that's like our average. It might it might be as low as like you know two or three, um, and it might be as high as five. So uh, it's you know it just just depends on the appeal of your project and, and all that kind of stuff. But, so when um, you, with yeah. your model, uh, so you got these flat feet, is there like a percentage based in there based on success? No. So, um, you know, game, the game found campaign, we ran of Skyrim, they made 1.8 million. And I think we made like, you know, 2000 or something like that. 
we're happy. You know, they're, they did great. They did great. Yeah. And then so, this model, because the models, what originally uh, got us connected, right? I saw that on yeah. one of the Facebook pages and I was like, wow, that looks like a really cool tool. I know we just went over it really quickly here, but I just want to, want to emphasize this because I think it's really cool. You have this model you guys have created. It's Excel based, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, a person can plug in their budget, the number of months they are to 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 launch, mm-hmm. and then it will spit out at the other end certain confidence levels, right? So here's if you can convert ten percent of those backers. Here's how much you'll get if you convert twenty, and if you mm-hmm. can convert thirty percent, and yeah. you put in your average pledge amounts and so forth. And it's a very simplistic model that really helps people forecast things. Yep. How do people get this model? So I, I found it on like a, on a Facebook group. Is it available on the, I didn't see it on the site. Is it on the site as well? Yeah, we have, um, let me see. I believe it's just crowdfundingnerds.com slash Kickstarter success calculator with some hyphens in there. Is there a um, button you know, anywhere on your dash. site where somebody can just click on the button to find it or? I believe so. Um, I'm going to have to, I'll make sure it is. Um, if not, there will this, be, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. Um, what you can do, it, you can go to the Crowdfunding Nerds Facebook group. It's called yeah. the Crowdfunding Nerds Community and you can uh, you can um, find it there. It's in a recent post. Um, I can also uh, share it on the Board Game Binge um, Facebook group. Oh, that'd be great. And, yeah. Uh, so for, for everybody, I think that, um, yeah, we, we definitely want to make that more readily available. Yeah. Uh, there are, there's a landing page that I can send that, that has an easy, an easy link to it. So, um, but yeah. That's and, awesome. you know, a lot of people ask about the, you know, 10% of backers. It seems, you know, there are so many people who have an email list and they get like 1% of those people, if, if that many to convert. And our numbers are based upon data that the average person can replicate. Um, we share about how we do it. Um, you know, in that little model, there are links to what we call the virtuous cycle, um, that is kind of our methodology for making that happen. So I'd encourage you if you're if you're really looking to like do a lot of this work yourself, um, even people that we work with, we make do a lot of work. Uh, you know, you're the one that's sending the emails out unless you want to pay me to do it, right? Yeah. Um, so a lot of the time people don't have the money, they need to, you know, put in the elbow grease and they've got the passion, much more passion for their project than than even I do. So they have to post in their Facebook group and and so on and so forth. But um, that virtuous cycle is what will help you get those numbers. Um, and that's all That's all in that Kickstarter success calculator. So yeah, we'll make that available on that Board Game Binge Facebook group too. So with all these companies you've helped uh, and you've only done one game yourself, like, do you have, like, is there another game? Is there like a deliverance part two coming or what, what can we expect? <laughs> so uh, actually it's the first time I've shared this with anybody, but- um, Exclusive we, on the Board Game Binge. All right. Exclusive Continue. to Board Game Binge. You're hearing it here <laughs> first. Um, we, we do have multiple projects in- the um in the kitty the uh there's an expansion for deliverance in the works i actually have the the artist that uh wor- that i worked with for deliverance is now i've, I've hired him full-time um he, we've got 18 months to to make this thing work for um you know for deliverance uh, the the expansion uh we're going to be doing a whole bunch of of cool stuff and there are other projects in the works that are secret that i can't talk about i wish i could um but uh that, that span outside of board games but relate to the deliverance intellectual property. And so um, it's uh, we're, we're trying hard and, and having fun. So I, if, if you would like, if you want to follow along, actually, in fact, deliverance, we're closing in like five days yeah. on September 5th, our pledge manager closes. So if you want to jump in for deliverance and get it at that, you know, Kickstarter price, um, 
you've got a very limited amount of time to do it. And it's at deliveranceofthegame.com if you wanted to check it out. Sweet. So. We'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. Yeah. For people that want to, again, check out crowdfundingnerds.com. We'll put a link in our show notes. Uh, as Andrew just graciously said, he'll put a link to the actual uh, calculator. If people want to try that, we'll put that in the Board Game Binge Facebook group. Uh, Andrew, I, oh man, this has been an awesome podcast. So much to cover. We definitely got to get you back because we can go a lot deeper on a lot of these subjects. Oh, I yeah. want to wish you and your team all the best <laughs> in this coming year. You take care. Thank you. Thank you, my Here's friend. Me. We'll do a two hour episode next time. Sounds <laughs> good. Cheers. This has been an episode of the Board Game Binge Podcast, hosted by James Staley, produced by James Staley and Mike Bruner, with original music by Nick Smith. If you'd like to watch these interviews live, simply subscribe to our YouTube channel, Board Game Binge, and you'll get access to live interviews, giveaways, and interesting board game content from across the industry. I can't wait for you to join us. See you next time. Oh,